Hi, I'm Sean L. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Filmmaker Christian Mercado has worked with some of the biggest names in music, including Billie Eilish and Bad Bunny. Since 2020, Mercado also has become one of the biggest names comedians turned to to shoot their stand-up comedy specials, starting with Hannibal Burris and his Miami Nights, and going on to direct Sam J. Three in the Morning, London Hughes to Catch a Dick, Alana Glazer presents Comedy on Earth, Phoebe Robinson's Sorry Harriet Tubman, Aida Rodriguez's Fighting Words, Michael Che's Shame the Devil, Taylor Tomlinson's Look at You, as well as Tomlinson's forthcoming special, which he filmed for her in 2023 that'll debut in 2024. Mercado also just celebrated his feature film directorial debut with If You Were the Last, which premiered at South by Southwest and got picked up for distribution by Peacock. It stars Zoe Chow and Anthony Mackie as astronauts stranded in outer space with nowhere to go and nothing to do. And yet they're both married to someone else. Now what? Rom-com ensues. Chris and I spoke about this movie, his early start in music videos, making comedy specials special, and how he might approach one of his next projects, a biopic of Cheech and Chong. There's a lot to get to, so let's get to it! Happy Christmas season for all who celebrate. <laughs> how goes it, man? Chris Mercado, thank you so much for joining me. So in the spirit of last things first... If you were the last director on Earth, who would <laughs> who would be the first person you would work with? Oh wow, that's a great question, Daniel Day Lewis. Right, like that's got to be like the choice, right? Like he retired, you know. You bring him out of retirement. He's only <laughs> he's only made bangers. Um, yeah, I just feel like you there. There's got to be like magic the minute you point a camera at that guy. You know, like there must be like just some secret sauce that only he has, you know? Mm. You have a secret sauce too, though. I mean, I, <laughs> I just want to point out for our listeners who don't care at all. We met without actually knowing we met yeah. earlier when I was out visiting LA, I was at uh, an outdoor comedy show as <laughs> LA is want to do. Yep. And you took a picture of me yeah. and Eddie Weirich. And uh, I was like, who's this guy taking all these photos? <laughs> oh, that's Christian. <laughs> it's funny, man. I like, I like, you know, it's funny because, like, I like being an artist generally, you know. So it's like fun to yeah. just take photos or like practice your craft in different ways. And and outdoor comedy is just so much fun, you know. Like in a weird way, like some people like it in a club, you know. Like obviously, like club is like with the low ceiling and like the way the la- laughs work and all that and the intimacy, but. I think there's also like a DIYness that's fun in like especially in LA where it's like oh yeah we got a backyard or we got um a bookstore like, mm-hmm. you know? it almost feels more punk in a way you know so But I but I guess that. what I love the fact that that you're work you're always working or you're always on even when you're not on a project okay. like you have your little camera and you're like well oh that would be good oh oh yeah 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 I just think it's cool, man. Like, I just like making stuff, you know, and it's cool to, like, explore. And, like, I think comedy is just, I'm always trying to find, like, 
the aesthetic of it, I think. Just because I directed so many comedy specials, I feel like I end up thinking a lot about it and like kind of like, oh, like how can I shoot it? And, you know, I'll try like little experiments or like I'll try thinking about it or sh or photo photographing it too, just mm -hmm. to kind of learn more about it, you know? So there's a rich history. Well, in as much as anything that's 40 or 50 years old can be a rich history. There's a rich history of filmmakers coming out of music videos. Yeah, totally. I mean, among 100%. them, you know, David Fincher, Spike Jones, Michelle Gondry, oh. uh, Christian Mercado. <laughs> uh, the other names I mentioned, you know, came out of the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. What was it like? What was your experience like coming out of the 2010s? You know, it was interesting because it felt like at that point, um, people weren't pulling um, directors from music videos as much. It was like more commercial place almost and other places. And um, and then I feel like with Daniels, there is kind of like a resurgence of like going back to them because they came from music videos as well. And they had like a phenomenal, phenomenal film that they put out that has gotten a lot of accolades. And, and for me, it was always like, I felt like I was always pursuing longer form content, you know, like I was always mm -hmm. like, oh, what's longer? Like, what can I do that's longer? And like, naturally, music videos just had length, you know, like it was like, oh, this is like five minutes to six minutes of material that you can kind of explore. So I was just like, drawn to that. And, and it was interesting, because I was always trying to mix like indie film sensibility with like, music video sensibility and like trying to like bridge that gap. And I think people noticed that. Um, I mean, it led me straight to, like, to be honest, it did lead to me to do film because I ended up going to South by Southwest and I won for, uh, like, music video that year of the, of the year. You know, that was the first time I won at South by. And what was it? What was that for? What, what music it was, video? It was a music video called Palante, like, mm -hmm. for Hooray for the Riff Rap. Okay. Yeah, it was really cool. It was very personal. Like, it was just like a cool film that I made. Um, basically, like, really scrappy. Like, I only had, like, 20,000-ish. Um, so I kind of pulled all these resources and friends and family. And, you know, it was really, like, scrappy filmmaking. But I think people watch it and they get moved by it. And um, and then I kind of, like, set my trajectory into film. Because once I kind of, like, was at South By and had won, I started going more to festivals. And I kind of became part of that community in a big way. IMDb lists your first credit as working with Tyga and Justin Bieber. <laughs> Does it really? Yeah. Oh, no, that is crazy. That is so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> is that so? So that's correct, or that's just so yeah, wildly yeah. off? It's like the dude. I remember when that came out. I um, wait for a minute. Yeah, waiting for a minute. It's so cheesy. Uh, it's a really cheesy music video. But <laughs> I, yeah, I watched it last night. <laughs> I love the comments because, like, somebody on the comments said, this reminds me of Floop's Castle from Spy Kids 3D. And I was like, that is gold. Um, dude, yeah, that was a wild project. It was so weird. I, I, I uh, actually spent so many late nights uh, working on it. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was a young artist at the time, you know, like, how did you get that opportunity? Um, this company, Layer, they were, like, kind of uh, working with me a lot. And so when this came along, they were like, oh, this needs a creative director. Would you be down? And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I like music videos. And it didn't feel like 
I mean, it was a lot of late nights because the time span was crunched. Like we had to do it in like, I think it was like two weeks or something mm -hmm. like something insane. So I was like sleeping in the office doing that, which is crazy. Like, like, oh yeah, I'm sleeping in the office because of Justin Bieber's fucking music video. I got like, and that's uh, when Justin Bieber is at his most Justin Bieber. Yes, it is peak Justin Bieber. It's it, Justin Bieber kind of parlaying into like team ups with hip hop artists. <laughs> yeah, and Tyga's about to leave Black China for Kylie Jenner. It's oh yeah, that it's which a, is also weird. <laughs> it's a wild time, but I I suppose surviving that experience is what might allow, say, Billie Eilish and Phineas to let you inside their house, yeah, kind of. Totally, I know that was so crazy because. Billie Eilish hadn't really, like, she was pretty, like, popular, but she was at the cusp of becoming, like, the cultural phenomenon I think she is, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of got a glimpse at her. And I have to say, it was kind of, like, almost like interviewing Madonna before she becomes Madonna, like, in a weird way. Like, it was okay. kind of like, like, yeah, because, like, I could tell just from talking to her, um... Because she was only 17 at the time, which is crazy. Um, she was so talented already and had such a vision. And it was really impressive. Like, you were like, wow, that's that's nuts. Like, you're, you're like, really thinking so, like, laterally and, like, creatively. And, no, it was just cool, man. I love that piece, actually. Well, it so also, you know, also displays your flair for wanting to use animation and, and kind of just go off on visual tangents. Yeah, I love kind of just, like, kind of letting things be loose and, like, kind of DIY-y and, like, kind of just, like, oh, let's just make something, like, like not, like, hold it back. And, and sometimes animation is easier, like, to communicate something, you know, or, like, or better, you know? Like, it's just, like, a kind of, this is a different tool set, you know? Like, right. I think live action is, you know, its own thing. Animation is its own thing. Sometimes they combine. Sometimes they work well alone. You know, they all give you kind of different flavors. Of course, one of the reasons we're talking is not because of your affinity for music videos or or, or huge names in, in the music <laughs> world. It's because of your affinity for, for comedy specials. And I was struck, I mean, I guess right off the bat, work, you know, when you worked with Hannibal Burris on Miami Nights, yeah. that just comes at you as like, Oh, I didn't know you could do a comedy special like that. Yeah, totally. Uh, so, so for you, what was the what was the first comedy special you saw that made you go either I could do better or oh, that tells me that I can actually do weird stuff. You know, it's interesting cuz like when I got um like that gig, it was through Hannibal obviously and like Hannibal like had seen an MF Doom music video I did, right? And he's like a big MF Doom fan. Like yeah, a lot he, of people are, yeah. And I you know Well like, he he's he's issue tune, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now he is. Yeah. Yeah. So he's it makes like, sense. Yeah, totally. And he's, he's got full Doom. And he's also sent like Hannibal bots out to the red carpet before. So like <laughs> Right. For Spider Man too, I think he sent out like a, a Hannibal impersonator. Yeah. <laughs> which was awesome um but yeah like he hit me up and so like i think like i took it as like kind of almost like a film assignment you know like i think i think part of it was just like i'm not i wasn't like cooked in the system enough where like i had like a predisposed idea of what a comedy special should be 
like I was just like approaching it almost like, oh, what's like, what are you trying to communicate? And like, what's your stat like? And like, what, like looking at the hour of material and figuring out like, oh, this is probably the best way to shoot it. Or this is the best way to tell the story you're trying to tell, you know? So I looked at it kind of more from a storytelling perspective, but I did end up studying like a lot of comedy specials because I, I ended up watching like so many comedy specials from it just to kind of understand like what's kind of been out, you know? And one of the things that I kind of picked up on was I, I really gravitated towards the old ones, like things like Richard Pryor, um, Eddie Murphy, okay. uh, George Carlin. Like I ended up going more like something about those comedy specials just felt like honestly special, like somehow, you know, like something. Well, about... they, they are they are concert films. Yeah. Yeah. They were meant to be seen in a movie theater. So it's a different yeah. Yeah. Film. That's like, yeah, the Richard Pryor one. Yeah, like, exactly. They were, like, made for theater. So, like, there was something instantly about that that, like, caught my attention. And so I was, mm-hmm. like, kind of deconstructing it. And then, like, one of the things I figured out, I think, at the time was, like, people would shoot you would shoot the wide a lot just because, like, the physical comedy of it was important. Like, mm-hmm. people move a lot more on stage. But then, like, around the time Hannibal had done that special you know, I think comedians were, like, more inward, and, like, a lot of them were kind of, like, sort of, like, just, like, not moving as much on stage, you know? So, like, it kind of made me realize, like, sometimes the wide is kind of, like, not as important in those scenarios. Like, it's kind of nicer to get close to the the comedian and kind of capture, like, oh, like, I was almost more interested in, like, seeing someone, like, process the joke or, like, about to say the joke or, like, kind of, like, those weird, like, those cool, like, in-betweens, you know, right. that happen in comedy. Because sometimes that anticipation kind of makes it funnier, you know? Like, you're like, oh, like, I'm waiting for this moment. So, like, I was trying to, like, trying to capture as much as possible how it feels to be there. And like you said, like, at, like having a theatrical sort of presence, too, like, where it is kind of like concert filmish sort of vibe, you know? So Yeah. Uh, well, there was a there was a sense before the last half dozen years say with you know where there's there's people like you or the the i want to say a24 but like the bo burnham yeah. uh christor that whole crew of people Definitely. um but before before all you guys came into comedy specials as both a fan and as a critic it felt like they were all very cookie cutter Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like even even like being in attendance at a at a filming is like the warm up comic comes and they 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 have you do like practice applause so they can get that on film and there's yeah. a big there's a big crane that comes swooping in and there's people in the aisles to get reaction shots that sometimes may or may not match up but they just have to have random audience reactions. Totally. I mean, I think like that was like kind of like I think what happened is like maybe in like. You know, it's just maybe a nature of the beast or something, and I don't know what the right answer is for this, but, like, there was, like, a lot of comedy specials being produced, you know? like So, like, I think inherently it kind of, like, sort of takes away from it, you know? Like, it's, like, harder to stand out or har- harder to know when a comedy special is still special, you know? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it is just by the nature of having more of it, you know? And so... Yeah, I think there's, like, a process where it kind of, like, gets more baked in. Sometimes it's not, like, seen as a cinematic endeavor, you know? Like, it's just seen, like, you know, and, and I think it's up to, 
you know, it's up to the comedian and probably the director mostly to kind of push that through and like kind of get like being like assertive about like a vision for it. Because I think like if you're not like asserting it, like I think it can just kind of end up being like a normal, like, you know, like a very flat comedy special. And I think, I think some people actually don't mind that too. Cause I think some comedians feel like, Oh, like it's only about the words and the jokes, you know? And like, that's all that matters. And like, sure. But I also feel like, you know, if you do it right, you're like enhancing those things by bringing focus to it. So I think it's just like, you know, it's, I think it's important, you know, to kind of give it its own feeling, you know? So when you typically work with a comedian, because you're still making them, like, even though you're now a big shot feature <laughs> film director, yeah. like you just filmed one with Taylor Tomlinson. Well, I mean, you've worked with Taylor Tomlinson before, but she's mm-hmm. gotten bigger, you know, yeah. obviously because of working with you. She thought she did a lot of the work, you know. But you, but yeah. you work, you know. You're still making them. Would how does it? What is your process like with each comedian? Do you sit down with them to ask what they want, or do you come with to the table with your own ideas first and and pitch them? I kind of do a little mix because, mm-hmm. like, um, usually, like, if I can get the listen the hour or see it, you know, I like basically try to digest it a few times, you know, like watch the tape and then go see it in person. And then like, if I could see it more than once in person, I will, you know, just to kind of get a feel for it. And I think like, I'll have kind of my own POV from watching it. But then I ask them too, like where they're at in their life, you know, like what's like where, where they kind of see the special and in like context of their kind of like comedic journey, you know, like what is, the special mean to you or like where did where are you seeing it or what do you kind of like what's a vibe that you're kind of looking at that you're like kind of inspired by and then I kind of refine that idea and then I present it to them like oh like what do you think about like shooting it like this or like we do this and kind of give it this this vibe you know and then that kind of like let I feel like then that kind of ends up becoming the direction we go yeah what about in terms of like wanting to add animation or documentary elements? You know, I did uh, animation with um, London Hughes, I think. Yeah, like I did like an uh, animated intro. I think it's not like something I would force. I think like I would do like an animated comedy special, if I'm honest. Like I would do like a fully one. Like I, I kind of, but you need like a, a comedian who's like really out the box because like so much of a comedy special is also like, showcasing yourself as a person you know like mm-hmm. it's kind of like hard to like take that away you know what i mean like you don't want to like but i think if you're like an outsider comic you know somebody somebody i pay attention to a lot is randy Feltface because i think like he's a stand-up uh, yeah like it's not like him as a person but it the is Austri- yeah the australian purple puppet yeah, yeah but he's a puppet yeah so yeah. like i look at that and i go oh that's interesting so like there's always like interesting like pe- like comics that are doing different chains, you know, out there, you know, um, that I'm always kind of curious about. Um, like I, I, you know, honestly, Randy Feltface would be like a cool comedy special to do just because it's so different, you know, than like other comedians that I've seen, you know, yeah. and out by it being like a puppet, you know, like that already makes it different. Right. You know? Yeah, I saw I saw Randy Feltface at the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, a couple years ago, and it's—I mean, his his show in particular was 
was so bizarre and delightful because not only do you have, you know, him under the table as a puppet, like, but, but as a puppet, like doing all sorts of physical work, but then there was also all of these things happening on the screen behind the stage. And it was like, very, very engaging for being essentially a hand. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like, it's really sharp comedy. It's yeah. From what there I was a lot going on there from his previous specials. So like, I wouldn't force animation on a special, mm-hmm. but like, it would be, I would be interested in doing like a stop motion special or something, you know, like Ooh. if somebody out there is bold enough to tackle that, you know, but then documentary wise, I did uh, work with Ida and um, we had like um, a docu part to the special that was actually directed by a, a like a pretty famous documentarian. And so we ended up kind of collabing on that. And okay. like, and it had a, it had a really cool vibe because it was like this really like really cool comedy special. Cause her special just, I felt like it just looked so cool. Like to me, you know, like I just felt really, I was really proud of that special actually, like in general, like I'm proud of all my specials. Like I feel like I don't, I don't really phone it in. Like I actually kind of like think about it a lot and work on it pretty hard, but like that special was cool. Um, just like her story and the way she tells her story and then like it going into a documentary that kind of contextualizes a lot of her humor, you know? So I was like, Oh, that's pretty fucking sick. You know? <laughs> yeah. That one, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of creativity that one, but then, you know, you mentioned working with London Hughes and for her oh. special, that was working with the peculiarities of the oh. early pandemic yeah. where you're, that one was filmed outside at Universal City. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. You remember that? That's crazy. You know that? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Where I remember, I remember because uh, who else? Nate Bargatze also did one there. Oh, yeah, and yeah. for Nate, like, yeah, it was like there was the- helicopters. Yeah, and there's there's all of these elements. Plus, yeah, it's so it's still early enough in the pandemic that you're worried about how to even stage it with an audience without getting everybody sick and yeah. all the protocols and totally. No, that was actually okay. So we shot, we were, we shot those back to back. So Nate's was like, um, another director, he was shooting at the day before, and then we had to flip the stage and all that. And right. make it completely, which is crazy because it looks, they look completely different, you know. Uh, and then I flipped the world, changed it. I kind of, I ended up uh, bringing a DP that worked with Beyonce a lot for that one, just because like London Hughes vibe was kind of like, I was like, yo, you got, like, Beyonce energy. Like, <laughs> We need to make the renaissance of, or the lemonade. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that one has, like, such a kind of crazy, almost music video sort of, like, epic vibe, I think. Like, you know, it has a very, like, like a sheen to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, But I think that fits her personality a lot, too, you know? Yeah, that shit was funny. But that was crazy shooting in the pandemic that during that time, you know, like, um just because it was kind of like figuring all those things out all the time and you know there was kind of like you had to wear a mask all the time and it was exhausting in a different way you know because you know you're like doing all this stuff all day and you can't take off the mask and sometimes it irritated you and stuff i mean even though i, I sound like a crazy person <laughs> like if i said that back then you remember how like people used to complain about masks like yo i fucking hate the mask like yeah i guess now that it's far removed enough i could be like yeah that mask was mad annoying you know like it was hard to work under those conditions and like figuring out also how to like not 
create a situation with the audience where they were like the focus because i think like people were still i think visually allergic to seeing people with masks you know like it's not something that like sat well i think like it almost reminded you too much of the pandemic you know right yeah that was tricky <laughs> like if you see the audience is like oh nobody's having a good time Yeah, there's no, like, laughter. Or, like, even the laughs felt different during that time, I think. Right, I if you can't see their faces, you can't see them smile or laughing. Yeah, and, like, there's probably, like, one, like, a subtle layer of muscle, too, you know, because you're wearing a mask. So, like, Mm -hmm. I think that was a challenge for every comedian. Like, people were just, like, having a hard time figuring out what to do. And so many comics got COVID multiple times, you know, so kind of wild. Did you get COVID during that time? Oh, man. Did a project ever give you COVID? No, I never got COVID from any film project. Okay. I got COVID eventually. Mm-hmm. I think just going to stand-up shows, actually. I got COVID from going to a, stand- a live stand-up show that wasn't recorded or anything. Just mm-hmm. like going to a comedy spot, and I got COVID, which, you know, it's fine. Like, it was going to get everyone at some point, you know? And it was, like, later on in the, you know... Like, kind of like tail end when people were, like, going out more regularly and, like, we already had vaccines and everything. Like, I was vaccinated and everything, but I still got it, you know, so. And, of course, during this time is when you're percolating and thinking about if you were the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much of that played into the decision making of how to of how to film it? You know, it's interesting. I learned so much from com- comedians, like in terms of timing, about jokes, um, that it really did help me a lot with a rom-com, like I have to say. Like, I feel like I had a sharp, like, comedic sensibility from, like, having done so many comedy specials that I feel like I even edited, like, to jokes, you know? Like, I think that that was one of the biggest things I learned from comedy specials, like, how to edit to a joke's rhythm, you know? Like, oh, like, here's where it needs to land like cinematically you know mm-hmm. so i think i already i kind of went into the like the film with a like a sense of confidence about like oh yeah like this is like you know like trusting my comedic sensibilities being like yeah this is funny this could be punched up like we could do this maybe try riffing here oh this could be a little faster oh like do this or or come out of the camera coming do this you know like i had like a like a pretty clear like vision for the comedy of it all you know like which was fucking fun you know like it was just cool to to know going into it like that and um and also like clocking in all those hours working with big crews because like you know working a movie so many times like so many days it's like a different muscle like i shot for 30 days with a huge crew so it takes a lot to kind of do that i think you know I mean, it helps to have the the future Captain America. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to call him Cap on set sometimes. I'd be like, yo, what's up, Cap? <laughs> Did he like that? Yeah, he was cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> he would just laugh. He'd be like, oh, uh, buddy. Well, of course, you know, contrasting uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe with uh, the cinematic universe that you created, where it's like Spaceship can be both be a house and a cardboard wall. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned uh, like the Gondry and like um, yeah, like Jones earlier, but that's kind of like where my head was at a lot because I was really inspired by movies from the nineties. You know, like that, like 
I love 90s cinema. Like, I think it was just, like, a good time for cinema. Like, people were, like, challenging, like, films, you know? I think a lot of it had to do with, like, there was almost, like, like, they're kind of anti-establishment a lot of times. Like, The Matrix, like, Office Space. Um, sure. You know, there's something about, like, the sensibility back then that people were, like, more willing to challenge, I think, you know? And, like, in the film's kind of have that even if they're not like directly about that like even american beauty it's like oh like suburbia's fucked <laughs> like you know like do we you know like people were like more i think questioning things you know and so i think that that translated into the aesthetics the visuals the vibe you know and so i don't know i just wanted to make a unique movie i think so many movies don't do new things you know so i was really trying hard to kind of like look at space from a different place, look at love from a different place. Um, just, yeah, trying to make something unique, you know? Well, I mentioned, you know, Marvel, not just because of one of your stars, but because one of the many debates that have been going on in the past year with regards to show business and entertainment and movies is whether there's room for smaller budget movies or whether it can only be blockbuster or bust. Yeah, yeah. There's a weird thing happening. I think that in, in, in like like industry in general is kind of like sort of imploding in some weird way. Like where you had the strikes, you have like this weird dichotomy of like um, you either make a billion dollars or you're like a a failure. Like you know, like that's such a crazy margin for success. You know, like not every movie can be like Barbie and like um, you know and a big Marvel movie, you know what I mean? Like, not every movie can clear a billion, but right now, it feels like that's what everyone's chasing. Like, everyone's just trying to hit that billion, like, dollar return, which I get it. Like, I guess that, like, that's a lot of money. So, like, I understand, like, you know, but but I think, like, it doesn't give room for other type of movies to get made, you know? And, like, and I think, like, there's a lot of dependency on IP right now, too. So, like, it's kind of, like, I kind of, like, equate IP to, like, a well, you know? Like, you can take the water out, mm -hmm. but at some point it gets drained, you know? So you have to, like, refill it with new IP or, like, new stories, you know? So that, you know, Star Wars was an original story at some point, you know? Like, it wasn't, like, you know, unless you cultivate new stories, you're not going to have those sayings in the future. So definitely think there needs to be some type of room, some breathing room, but... I'm not sure how that happens yet, but like, I think you just have to try to force it, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, before I forget to fully compliment you on the movie, one of the, one of the things that, one of the, one of the things I loved about If You Were the Last was that it kept surprising me. I kept thinking I knew how it was going to end or where it was going to end. Like, there was one point where I thought it was definitely going to black out and go to credits. And then <laughs> it kept going. I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, we're awesome. still going. Oh, we're still going with this story. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. I love yeah. that. Um, but it also speaks to also the pacing of it because, you know, usually you expect comedy movies to be short. And like, once I realized there was like another half hour to the movie, I was like, oh, that must have gone by so fast. I didn't even realize that there's still that much more time going on. Yeah, dude. I was like, I, I definitely was like, um, like keen on like the pace, the vibe, the flow. I wanted it to feel silky, you know, like you're like, 
you're never questioning anything mm -hmm. too much, you know, like it's like, like it just flows and you're like kind of in for the ride a bit, you know, and, um, but also subverting tropes, you know, like I was truly trying to like get like subversion of like expectations of where a rom-com would go or like what you think is going to happen and like give it just enough of a twist where you're like, Oh, that's interesting. You know, like right. it's littered throughout the script. Like, like her being the commanding officer, um, you know, who like Benson, like all those things, like um, where it goes, you know, what mm -hmm. ends up happening where, you know, later on in the film, like, I think like it's good to have all those little surprises so that people are engaged, you know, but it's also just good storytelling. What kind of budget did you have on that? I was like an eight milli, like eight okay. milli. Yeah. Not bad for like my first feature, actually. Like I was not I was, bad like, at all. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's not a lot, but it's more than like a small yeah. little indie kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, totally. It's um, technically an indie, but it's like, you know, uh indie that got acquired basically. You know, like peacock right. acquired, basically. Right, got so but but by being a peacock movie, it means like you're on the one hand, you're deprived of like the big, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big like, experience of, yeah. but you're also you don't have to worry about like getting calls Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon about here's the receipts, here's the receipts, or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 I think I filmed it like definitely with theatrical in mind, and we screened at South by theatrically, which was like right. such a cool experience. But yeah, the, the state of cinema is kind of crazy. Like, like to get a movie into theatrical, there has to be so much faith in it, and like there's also like a certain amount of investment like has to happen in terms of like you know like people take on a bigger risk. I think you know when they go theatrical, um, that's why I think people are like more tuned in to these like safe bets where it's like oh yeah it's Marvel movie, but it, you know like you said earlier those those movies aren't even doing as well as they used to anymore. Wait, I guess people are just getting fatigued on it you know so i guess like everything's changing right now you know what's the measure of of success for you then as you're sitting mm -hmm. back and reading reviews of people who didn't see it at south five oh or, yeah what is what is the measure like i think like i think for me it's just like being able to just make cool movies in general like on a big picture scale like just making a unique body of work that connects to people i think like as long as someone connected to it on a personal level and you know share the film or like have like a experience that sticks with them that to me is like the greatest measure of success for like a film you know so yeah. and i think it seems like i've connected with a lot of people on it like I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback and it just seems like people really love it i suppose you know even whether or not you get hard numbers from Peacock in terms of how many people oh, are yeah. watching it. I suppose there's already a metric of success in that you have multiple irons in the fire now. You've got, you know, Nuevo Rico behind you was a award-winning short film at South By that you're trying to turn into a feature. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Working on it. Not my audience, but I know uh, Selena fans everywhere are wondering oh, about your, your jukebox musical. Oh, uh, I don't know if I can talk about that. <laughs> and I don't, I don't dare in a few minutes try to get you into that. But then the other uh, thing is the Cheech and Chong, yeah, Cheech and biopic, Chong. which yeah. which my fans definitely want to know about. What's going on yeah. with that? I know the strike. Oh yeah, got into pre production yeah. of it, but 
Yeah, the strike delayed it, but we're still working on it right now. We kind of jumped right back into it, so we're kind of figuring it out. But um, I think it's going to be such a cool film. I mean, they kind of created the stoner comedy, you know. They are legends of comedy themselves, you know. I think, like, I think even just, like, it's such an honor to make that film just because even just, like, having directed so much stand-up, kind of going back to there, kind of, like, just like them being stand-ups as well, you know, because they had a kind of a, you know, they had like a duo act, even though they're kind of like probably closer to the improv scene, but they're, but they're definitely like stand-ups, you know, like they were doing and touring and they were kind of in that scene. And um, yeah, I'm just excited about like looking at it almost like as a historical kind of document sort of, you know, like it's going to be a fun movie, but like there's something about, chronicling them you know and like their origins you know and like how they kind of came about which i think it's such an exciting story so i think that movie's gonna be fucking awesome and also like gives you a, a chance to do like ensemble comedy and like have lots of cool like just like a lot of there's just gonna be a lot of cool casting in that i think yeah, I, yeah. I was just about to say how many comedians have already approached you wanting to either play cheech or chong or to just be in it you know, there have been a few actually <laughs> for Chief and Sean specifically. Yeah, right. You know, I'm figuring it out. <laughs> I mean, that'll be that'll be like once that uh, gets like, locked in. Like yeah. Eric Andre, I know you would be great in this, but I just don't see a part. <laughs> unless, unless you want to play the the role that Pee Wee Herman played in the Chief and Sean film. <laughs> I know. Yeah. He, he was, they were part of that uh, Groundlings class. Yeah. yeah, that's like part of the history of that. Because um, I think well, the first Cheech and Sean movie was like the first Groundlings class, yeah. Thank you so much. I want to make sure man. I say thank you before it just abruptly cuts off. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. This was so great. Awesome. I'll catch you soon. Yeah. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was post-produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music was by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. If you enjoyed listening, please check out my substack called Piffany at piffany.substack.com for transcripts, bonus commentary, and expert analysis about comedy, show business, and more. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.